This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 283, recorded on November 3rd, 2016. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average Guy TV studios here. And Mike, I'm not sure fall is ever going to end here in, in Bellevue, Nebraska. I mean, can it's it's been great. Well, I was going to rely on you today for the weather because I did not step foot outside my house once. And usually there's at least one Amazon package that I need to go outside of the door to get. And there wasn't even that today. So I haven't stepped foot outside. But in the past few days, it's been phenomenal. We Like last night, we were watching the Cubs game. And we were outside. Yeah, it was a little cold, but it was yeah, no, amazing. It's, it's great. It's this. If this is global warming, I'm all for it. Bring yeah, it on. Right. <laughs> November in, in Nebraska, and it's not, I'm out there in shorts. I mean, I literally walked out of the building in yeah. shorts today, and I thought, man, this is great. Anyways, we of course we uh, we post a show with world class show notes each week out at theaverageguy.tv. You can also catch us on the mobile app. Don't forget, we thank uh, LastPass for their sponsorship of that. We moved them into December. They'll be. Uh, Amber will be here in December for LastPass talking about it. But, of course, they sponsor our mobile app. If you want to get access to it, it, the best way to really listen to Home Gadget Geeks on the road streams really, really well. HomeGadgetGeeks.com. And there's just big buttons for you to subscribe. Android or iPhone right there. And, of course, the uh, Home Gadget Geeks is a part of the Geeks Network. Find the link to this show and many other great podcasts out at thegeeksnetwork.com. Come. All right. Well, super excited tonight. We have Aaron Lawrence back. Aaron joined me Oh, just two months ago or so. Aaron, a very popular show we did with you on the Robot Lawnmower. Thanks for coming back. I am so glad to be here with you guys. Thank you so much for inviting me back. Good to have you. We um, Maybe the, the, the show, the only other show that eclipsed the Robot Lawnmower was barbecue. We did grills and barbecue tech. And we obviously, when you're talking about middle-aged uh, men who have lots of disposable income, barbecue and food is the way to go. So that worked well. But uh, the mower was a good one. We had a great time uh, talking about that. That got a lot of uh, got a lot of traction. I know it was sad to have to give it back. Are you thinking like, will you pick one? Will you pick it back up in the spring? How's that going to work? I, I really tried to convince my husband and actually to rope in our neighbor on this because we could have done both our lawns with the same robot. And yeah, I, I think I have a little more selling to do on it, but uh, it's, it's a great product. It works amazingly. We were super glad to have it for the time we did. It's just one of those things where we've got to, you know, if we want to keep it, we want to, we have to budget for it and we're not quite there yet. Yeah. The version you had three, about 3000, I think is what there's a U.S. dollar amount in there. Pretty expensive. Although Microsoft just came out with their new Surface Studio, which I don't know if you saw that in the announcements lays down flat, right? Big 28 inch, three by two drafting quality. That's three grand. No, let's, let's stack those up. You're a gadget girl. So you understand this Surface (laughs) Studio robot (laughs) lawnmower, same price. What do you you know? I just bought a new MacBook Pro because it's one of those things where I use it every day and I need it to be speedy and I need my equipment to work and function. You know, if the lawn grows for a week or two because we don't cut it, it's it's not going to ruin my day. So I'd have to go with the laptop. You're going to go with the laptop. What'd you pay for that? Can I ask? What was that in Canadian uh, dollars? In Canadian dollars? Oh, uh, gosh, what was it? 
I think it was around three thousand dollars. Wow! So that's that's right but up it's there. It's not one of the new new ones. Not okay. one of the new okay. fancy ones. It's the previous generation, which fortunately they discounted a bit, so it made the timing really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's work, right? That's that's how you make money. So exactly, you can't, you can't make any money off of a lawnmower. Well, I guess you could. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could rent could. it out to the neighbors. Sure. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll try it. Maybe we're onto something. There you yeah, go. Hopefully, we'll sell more of those in the price on the mowers. The price will come down a little bit. I am excited about this this Pixel or this uh, Surface Studio that's coming out. Looked very very cool, and I and I think it could have some interesting applications. We talked about that last week, and so very very cool, very expensive, but uh, maybe you'll get a chance to take a peek at one of those. Aaron, uh, out on your site. So if you go to techgadgetscanada.com, I think that's probably the best way to get there. I think you've done some amazing work over the last couple of weeks. I was going through my invites to bring people back on the show. And I said, I wonder what Aaron's covering. So I go out there and take a look and very easily found four great topics to talk about tonight uh, on there. So again, if you're listening, uh, Tech Gadgets Canada with an S, so gadgetscanada.com uh, is Lawrence's uh, site. Uh, great stuff that's out there. You got a chance and we didn't even talk about. So last week we covered the Microsoft announcement. We covered the Apple announcement. But Google snuck in a new phone in here a few weeks back and you got a Pixel. So let's let's just hear from you. You've had it in your hands a couple of weeks now. How are you liking the Pixel? It is, I was actually really shocked by how much I like the phone. Um, I, I'm, I'll say upfront, I am not an Android user. I know almost nothing about Android devices. So all my stuff at home is Apple. That's what I'm used to. So when I reviewed the Pixel phone, it was very much as an Apple user. And one of the first things I noticed, and you know, you guys can see it, I'm holding it up just for a quick view, but um, it looks a lot like an Apple iPhone. Um, the lines are similar. The size is similar. Um, some of the features and functions are very similar. Um, there's a few improvements on it. There's some noticeable differences. For starters, it's got a fingerprint scanner in the back of the phone, which you kind of go, mm, yeah, okay. But it's so convenient because when you're holding it in your hand, the natural position is for your finger just to be touching the sensor on the back so you can always unlock the phone. It's really easy. So that was one of the things I really liked about it. Um, and I just found it really easy to use. It was fast. It was responsive. Um, and, you know, Google probably hates me for saying this, but it reminded me a lot of my iPhone, only better. So I've said uh, to a couple people about the Pixel phone that this is probably the only phone that could make me leave my Apple iPhone. Wow. That's a big statement. I, I think Google would love to hear you say that. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the iPhone, but better. It's, yes. it's good to hear. When you say, yeah. so let's qualify that, Aaron, a little bit. So you say better, right? In, in the sense you talked about the finger fingerprint, that's kind of just a location item of thing. And actually, I think I'd like them on both sides. There's no reason I can't, I couldn't have one sensor on the back and one on the front. There, it There's, is on both actually. Oh, is it? Okay, awesome. It is, it's on the front as well, yeah. Okay, because yeah. that makes a ton of sense, right? Ask and you shall receive. Boom, right there. <laughs> but what other features, when you think about it, I mean, sure, all cell phones kind of work about the same. Was it a speed thing? Was it a quality thing? Was it a usage thing? What... What else did you like about it that you found it where you're like, oh, man, this is really going to give the iPhone a run for its money? Um, I thought the assistant worked really well. I mean, Siri works pretty well on the iPhone. So in terms of, again, sort of matching Apple to Google, apples to oranges, apples yeah. to Googles, like um, they, they kind of work the same. Um, 
Let me see. I think for me, one of my favorite features of the Pixel phone is the camera. It's better quality. It does a little bit more. Um, it's got some more different effects in it. Um, I felt like it took better pictures. I am not a photographer by any means, but when I was sort of comparing the photos that I was taking at the same time and, you know, just how they looked, I just felt like they were just a touch crisper on the Pixel phone. And I put this in my review, but um, they had, uh, Google, I guess, had somebody from a, a camera review website. I think it's called DxO Mark. DxO Mark. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Um, but they basically gave it a hugely high rating. I think they scored it 89 out of 100 and basically proclaimed it as one of the best smartphone cameras you can get your hands on today. And I really felt like from the video to the still photos to some of the nice effects that they have on it, it just worked really well and I really liked the experience with it. Mike, with the 7, the newest version, iPhone, they've touted some camera improvements in that. Do you take it, Mike, do you take some, you know, do you beg to differ when we think, because Apple is touting some two camera, different stuff you can do with the phone. Your thoughts on that, Mike? When it comes down to the camera, I always think, you know, I actually like the point of view that Aaron had where it's not from a photographer's standpoint because that's what the photos really are, right? Like what looks best to us. And a lot of times, although I do think when I take the iPhone photos and put them maybe on a bigger display or if I take them, put them on my TV or somewhere else, they might look better. I agree with her. I've seen some other phones and maybe it's the display on the phone. Maybe the brightness is all the way up. I don't really know what it is, but in the moment there are some other cameras out there that I think do take better photos. I haven't seen the pixel, but I have no doubt that, you know, someone who has gone back and forth from the iPhone, the pixel could say, Oh yeah, it does seem to take better photos. Apple's doing kind of some different stuff, you know, right? They're adding two cameras to the back to do different portrait modes on the new seven. They're adding some new different features in that regard. But as far as crispness and stuff like that. I do think there's something to be said for other phones. And I think it's their display, to be honest, when you're looking at it on the phone, which 90% of the time, that's where we're going to look at them. They do look just that much better. Aaron, did you, um, uh, which version? So do you have the smaller one or the larger pixel? Which one? I have the something? XL. It's the larger one. I the, think the it's so five, five and, and a half inches. Yeah. Five and a half inch. And then what version of what iPhone do you currently have that you're comparing it to? The 6 Plus. So just up until recently, the latest, the latest. was the latest and greatest version. Latest and greatest and gigantic. Okay. The 6S yeah. Plus, yes. right? Right. Okay. Yes, yeah. I have the 6S plus, plus, not the S Plus. Not the S Plus. <laughs> oh, Apple. Yeah. Can we, just, can we just give them names or something? This one's Bob. Right. Yeah. Version 7 is Jeremy. Let's let's just... But that would be Microsoft then <laughs> if you did it that way. They, yeah, uh, the, Microsoft so. is the one who did some crazy naming conventions. Well, I used to love the Android when they still do it. You know, candies and stuff like that, naming their mm -hmm. operating systems by candies. But then the only struggle with that is going back and trying to remember like in chronological order when they came out. Like, uh, right. I have no idea. <laughs> I already couldn't tell you what operating system my Apple is running right now because I lost track after Mavericks. Oh, yeah, exactly. I didn't well, Should we, you know, the question is, should we have to know? Like, I think right. we're beyond with, with phones right. and with PCs and stuff. I think we're beyond those days. Microsoft's trying to really get away from, they're going to have Windows 10 and it's just going to get updated and nobody should know or care. Now the geeks, the Ulta geeks want to know like what they're on and for the, for those folks, but for most, most really don't care. Do you even know? So on, on the pixel, do you know what version of Android it's running? 
Uh, let me see if I have it here. I yeah. don't actually. And you know what? That's I probably point. wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I probably wouldn't know. We don't even care anymore, right? For the most part. Um, we just don't care. How does it feel from, you know, I, um, I would not go with the older five version of the iPhone because it was too small. And yes. the six, uh, this is a six. And it's just for me, it's the perfect size. And I think this is a five inch uh, phone right on the six. So this would, this would be the smaller pixel version of it. I love this. When we got to the bigger size iPhones, it was too big. I just, I felt like it was just going to go flying out of my hands. Right. How did the, how did the pixel feel in your hand from a usage standpoint? Well, for me, it's, it's almost the exact same size as the iPhone the, or the pixel and the iPhone are pretty much identical for me. So for me, it was seamless. I, I wasn't noticing any difference in usage or feel in the hand. Um, the only difference I had was I didn't have a case for the Pixel, which, you know, using your phone without a case, it's always a little slipperier. Yeah. But that was the only, the only major difference. And otherwise, they feel to me very similar. And in terms of distance for, you know, what you can reach with your thumb and everything else, it's, it's pretty much the same, at least for my setup here. Okay. And then do you feel like without the case that, did you put a cover on it for the, for the review? Or did you leave it just naked plain? It's naked plain. Okay. Naked plain. I haven't put anything on it just yet. I, 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 sh I probably should. I can't use a phone like that. I'll be honest with you. It's like as soon as I get it, I'm like, okay, a case has to go on it. And I got to put a screen shield on it. Just, it's one of those things that makes me feel better about handling it. Um, you know, out there. Make no yeah. mistake. I'm very nervous when handling this. Does and it, it usually goes into something soft or into a bag and into a secure pocket because I am a bit paranoid about dropping it. How much longer do you have it for? Uh, probably a couple weeks. I'm going to do, I've got a TV segment coming up here in Canada that I'm going to bring it on for. So that's awesome. Probably just till then. Yeah. And then Not sadly, long. will you, will you replace your next phone with the pixel? I will consider it. I'm not due to upgrade my phone. I don't know if it's the same in the in the U.S. as it is in Canada, but you you sort of have w periods where you have to pay your phone out over a certain period of time. So I think I'm at least another year away from needing slash being able to get a new phone without penalty. So we'll see what's up, what what Apple's got then, and if there's a Gen Two Pixel or or what. Here in the U.S., there's a period where it's expensive, and then there's a period after that where it's really expensive. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so those those are the two categories. Um, and we're moving towards a more where you just buy the phone outright. This these pixels, nine hundred bucks, like is the starting price, right? That's a little now, Mike. What's when we when we think about the seven and the the gigantic seven? What are those price points? Do you know? And you, uh, the thought crossed our mind at the same point. So I'm looking it up right now. I can't. I think it's right at seven hundred dollars. Yeah. So uh, pretty, pretty seven sixty nine for the plus and six forty nine for the standard size seven. Okay, so it's cheaper. I'm significantly cheaper. I mean, a couple hundred, maybe two hundred bucks um, from that. So Aaron, as you think, I mean, that's a to go. I mean, that's a that's a pretty big consideration. Now you would probably cushion that by paying that monthly over time, and so the difference isn't right. that big. Um, or, or, or have you thought about just buying your phone outright and just being done with it? Uh, I have. I haven't done it yet. It's just, especially in Canada, if you're talking about, you know, seven, eight, nine, you know, plus your 25%, which we pay on the exchange rate uh, that it yeah. costs more. It's a big chunk of change to come up with all at once. So there's, I would say most Canadians will do the monthly plan. Um, yeah, I haven't given it much thought in terms of just buying it outright. 
But that one of the things you touched on was the price of the Pixel. I had it for probably a good week or two before I even looked up how much it cost. And I had just assumed that, you know, Google was coming up with this phone. It, there was a lot of talk about it being an Apple killer. And I just kind of assumed that it was going to be very inexpensive. And that would be the thing that drives all the Apple users to pick it up because it looks and feels just like the iPhone. But if it were significantly cheaper, everybody would want it. And I was actually really surprised when I looked up the price at how expensive it was. Yeah. No, this is the first time I've looked. To be honest, <laughs> tonight when I was doing a little bit of work here, and I'm like, holy cow, this thing is not cheap. Well, I think because they've gone mainly to the monthly model. In the United States here, it's that same way, right? You pay monthly. You know, okay, like you're like, well, what's the difference between $25 a month or $30 a month? But really, that's a big difference if you were to buy it outright. And really, when you're buying it outright, it comes down to how long am I going to keep the phone? Because most carriers, at least here, once you've paid 50%, they'll take that phone from you, give you a new one, and you can start paying the monthly payments on that one. So if you're going to upgrade in a year, yeah, you know, maybe then not buying it outright and just doing the monthly makes sense. But if you're going to keep it for five years, buying it outright makes a lot of sense. Aaron, last question on the Pixel around battery life. Uh, that much of a difference in battery life between that phone and, and your iPhone? I haven't been using it as much as I would use my iPhone. But I, I mean, I charge it up like, you know, once every, I would say, eight or nine days, just based on the more limited usage of it. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's good, um, but that's the thing is when I got my brand new iPhone first off, you know, I could get a day and a half or sometimes two days out of it, but, you know, with iPhones, they tend to drop yeah. off. So, I'm at a spot now with the iPhone, uh, the 6 Plus that I have, I've had it for probably about a year, year and a half, and I'm getting maybe six or seven hours out of it now. So, you know, how, how long will it last for how long? It's impossible yeah. to know with cell phones, right? We're coming was, up. Oh, go ahead, Mike. I was going to say, how was that transition from iOS to Android then? I mean, I know you said you liked it and it was, but you know, Apple always touts it so easy and then Android used to be the customizable option, but how was it actually trying to just go, okay, let's go over there and see how it is coming from the iPhone? I was a bit surprised at how intuitive it was. So I kind of thought, oh my God, I've got to learn a whole different operating system right. and everything's going to be in reverse and it'll be all totally different. And I found, at least with, with this phone, that there wasn't a lot that I had to sort of figure it out. It was very intuitive. It, a lot of the functions work the same. So I did enjoy that aspect of it. Okay. Good to know. It does charge super fast, right? I mean, that's part of the, that's part of the gig here, right? As you can plug that thing in and get a, in 15 minutes, you can get a pretty good charge. Yeah, I think they call it lightning charging or actually, no, wait, lightning is Apple. There's a, <laughs> sorry, sorry again, Google. <laughs> but yeah, you use, I think it's 15 minutes can get you a good couple hours out of it. So, I mean, you don't need to keep it plugged in overnight or, you know, for a couple hours before it'll be full on battery. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm almost, uh, I'm at the two year mark, uh, very close on my six. And uh, I at least did, a, I got a great deal through Best Buy here in the United States. So it's $25 a month, but they paid, no, it's $30 a month. They paid 25 of it for me, Best Buy did. And so basically for $5 a month, you know, do that five times 24, then it's a $200 payout. That's still cheaper than buying the phone new, right? It's pretty good, yeah. pretty good deal from that standpoint. So I keep thinking, well, maybe I should hold on to this. I'll buy it outright, drop the $200, buy it outright. I haven't had any battery issues with this. I mean, it mm. gets the same amount basically of charge today is it did 
18 months ago when it was new. Now that hasn't been everybody's experience and I'm usually pretty hard on my stuff, but I've had really good luck with it. So I will probably buy it outright and then hold on to it for whatever. And I may go into a situation where I, to review phones and such and such where I buy them and swap them and sell them back. That seems to be the way, right? right, Where you you kind of, you buy them and then get rid of them when they're still pretty new and discount it some for that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm going to stay on the six. It's a great phone. Works for me. I do. My kids are all on Android. So they have, they were Nexus. That's what they wanted. And so they, they went onto the the Google line and they're going to stay on those for a while. They're all kind of anti my kids. Huge surprise. They're all kind of anti Apple. So we don't, I, I won't see. In fact, my wife won't even use an iPhone. She's only Google driven at this That's point. really interesting. My what is daughter, it they like best about the Android platform compared uh, to Apple? You know, it's the weirdest thing because everyone, we've said for the longest time, right? Apple's easy. It's drop dead simple. Everybody just gets it, right? And uh, Android's the customizable, right? It's a, lots of options. Very, very confusing. Man, my wife can whip through that phone. She's got a big note. She has a Note 4. She just loves that thing. And we, <laughs> it got dropped, fully submerged, you know, fur, fully submerged in water. Pulled it out, put it in rice. All the indicators, you know, all the moisture indicators went off. We nursed that thing back, and it's working again. And oh, so, wow. yeah, we're like, well, okay. Um, and I'm going to buy that. We'll buy that. I don't know. Uh, to to answer your question, I don't know. I I totally confuses me because I should be one the one with the Android, and she should be one with the iPhone. And two years ago, we did that, and she hated it, and I hated it. Right? It's right. Galaxy S4. That thing would heat up to the temperature of the sun. Its battery life was terrible. <laughs> Right. It was all those things. And we, at that point we flipped and I've really liked what the iPhone brings. I don't monkey with my phone very much mm-hmm. and she doesn't either, but she really, really, she loves the big screen. And that's uh, the yeah. Apple Android divide, right? The people yeah. who love Android, love Android and hate Apple. And the reverse is true, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I go either way, but I just, the simplicity for me, the simplicity of the iPhone, I don't change anything. Like I don't, my, it drives my daughter crazy. She's like, you don't change your lock screen. You don't customize anything. And I'm like zero, like it's just, it's, it's got to show up and work. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to mess. I, I do so much on it. I don't, I want it to work stock is what I mm-hmm. want it to do. So for me, iPhone works great that way. I don't, you know, I'll probably hold on to this for another year and see what Apple does. Although, Mike, I imagine it'll be a 7S and a yeah. 7, right? Which X sometimes I actually like more, the S model, because instead of focusing on a big change to the aesthetics or the physical nature of the phone, they do some improvements that actually make sense and are a little bit more mm-hmm. practical to the everyday user. So I'll be a little bit more excited to see what they do with that 7S, how they improve on that new form factor. Yeah, well, we, uh, Aaron will cry the day you have to send that back in. We'll uh, shed a little tear for I, you. I'll make a little cardboard coffin there for it to ship it back in. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be really funny. I bet <laughs> they'd send it back to be like, you can keep it. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what I can do. I'll have to look up my uh, paper crafts on uh, on Pinterest or something. Well, Aaron has a great review on it, including a couple videos. So if you want to head out there and take a peek at that, we'll include the link to that review in the show notes if you want to do it. You also got an opportunity to review an iRobot Roomba, which is really cool because it's like the it's like the robotic lawnmower except indoors. Now, we've had Roombas a lot longer than we've had robot lawnmowers out there. But what makes this, when, when, when it's the 980 version of it, and it looks pretty beefy and hefty. I kind of remember those 
early Roombas being like, a, you know, if you kick them, they're going to fly across the room. This thing looked like it might put a dent in the wall if it runs into too too hard too uh, too hard. So, Aaron, talk a little bit about your your Roomba, and did you get to keep it, or did you have to send this one back too? This one I have until I do uh, another TV segment coming up in, I think it's December. So you could get spoiled on that as well if it just I know this is I'm, I'm going to have to b- apparently build two cardboard coffins for shipping, <laughs> but uh, no. So it is it is heavy. It's big. It's I would say the 980. It's actually the same circumference as a previous model that I tried, which is the 880. It's just a bit bigger than a dinner plate, but it's about, I'd say, two or three inches tall, and it is very heavy. So it's got a lot of heft to it. It's got some weight to it. So no, it's not going to blow away in a, in a storm or a breeze. And can everybody see this? Yeah, they can all see it now. Awesome. Okay. So it's got a bit of a sleeker control panel on it. They did away with some of the buttons that they had from previous versions, and that's because they've moved all of that control to your smartphone now. So you can actually control the Roomba 980 with your smartphone. Turn it on and off from the office if that's where you are and you forgot to set a timer for it maybe. Um, you can set timers so that it'll come on uh, on a schedule all on its own. And you know you can basically just tell it what to do from the comfort of your smartphone wherever you are. So that was one of the primary upgrades to this version was the cloud connectivity. Um, the 980s also got a more improved, a more improved, an improved motor and something they call carpet boost, which actually gives it a bit more power to clean the carpets. Cause that was, I mean, I, I always thought it did a pretty good job for a, for a robot vacuum. It did a pretty good job of the carpets. Um, but this one, they've changed it so that when the robot, hits carpet, it actually cranks up the suction. So it's pulling more of the dirt out of those carpet fibers. You need more suction for that. But what they did is they've, they adjusted the, the guts of the robot, I guess, so that when it's on floor, it doesn't use as much power. And that allows the robot to have a lot more battery life. So it can clean more rooms in your house. It can clean for longer without needing to recharge. And then there's a third improvement they made with this, um, with this robot vacuum, and it's the navigation. When you pulled up that photo, Jim, um, there's a, it's kind of a camera, I guess, on the top. And it sort of uses that camera and another optical digital sensor on the bottom to figure out where it is in space and where it is in your room and where it is in relation to things in your room. So it starts to actually learn its way around obstacles and objects and it's it's really cool because it's basically they've they've made it smarter yeah there's a picture of you sport, <laughs> there's, there's my it. google video or my <laughs> youtube video i should Your say youtube video for it the so um i assume um it's like the roombas of old where you um it's got a base station it does it, it reports back to yep. and what's the retail on this Canadian or U.S.? I think this one is around, well, I'll say around $1,000. It might be like 900-ish American and 1,100-ish Canadian, but we're talking around $1,000. And it is is a bit more expensive than previous versions, yes. And from from your use of this, this is where I've always been pretty skeptical. We have a pretty tight house uh, here, the Collison house, uh, you know, not a ton of carpet. A uh, cat that uh, leaves a significant amount of fur hanging around. 
but I was always afraid like um, it was never going to get like underneath the chairs. It would not, right? It would, there would be too many obstacles in there. In your experience, and I'm assuming you let it run around the house and mm -hmm. let it do its thing. How'd you feel? Did it feel cleaner? I mean, was it, you had to have, did you have it running every day? How'd you set up the schedule and how'd that work? I have it running every other day and I did the same thing with uh, a previous one that I tried out and I found uh, we have one dog, a large black lab. So there are forever giant black dog hair tumbleweeds rolling down the hallways and in the corners of the living room and everything else. So I found that it worked. It's a great for people with pets because you can just set it, forget it. And when you come home, all the pet hair is swept up. Whereas before we were testing it, you know, you've got to get out the Swiffer sweeper or the broom or the upright vacuum, whatever you're going to do. And it's work you actually have to do and plan and schedule unless you just want to, you know, not look at it and pretend it's not there. <laughs> so I found that really helpful. And it's, it's to the point now where I can come in the front door and I can tell that it's, that it's swept up because we're not seeing that you know, dog hair or right now we've lost most of the leaves here in Calgary where I am. And of course they're all blowing in the front door and they're cluttering up the entryway. And it's fantastic because when the, when the Roomba goes around, you know, it's picking up the leaves, it's picking up the dog hair, it's picking up, you know, dust and dirt in the kitchen. Uh, it's great for doing spot cleaning. I dumped some flour on the floor accidentally. And of course that's a nightmare to try and sweep up because it just becomes this big flower cloud while you're trying to sweep it. I dropped the, well, I didn't drop. I placed the Roomba on top of the spill and you've got a sort of spot clean function with it. And it just sweeps it all right up and goes back to its base station. It's fantastic. So I think depending on how much pet hair you have or how busy your household is, you could easily run it every day. Uh, I'm, I usually run it while we're out at work just so that we don't, I mean, it's not super noisy. It's not super annoying. Um, but just so we don't have to listen to it and we can come home to a clean house. And does it go, do you have it going through all the rooms as well or just kind of in the living space? Yeah, no, we have it through, our house is a bit open. So we have it do the sort of open kitchen, living room, dining room area. And then there's a bedroom I don't want it to bother going into just because we've got some stuff stored in there. So the door is usually closed for that. Um, and then it'll do the bedroom, it'll do the rugs. Um, and how the hallways it, and the bathroom. How does it handle rugs in the, you know, we have an auric vacuum and, and that thing, if I go over a rug, it's trying to suck the entire rug into the, <laughs> into the device, you know? How does it handle uh, rugs and such throw rugs? Is it, does it get stuck on them? How does that work? Uh, with smaller throw rugs, we've got a couple just like little doormats in, mm -hmm. by the front and back door. And it'll sort of push them and fold them up together. Yeah. So, I mean, depends on how it catches it. Sometimes it'll go over them and actually vacuum them. Um, but because those particular rugs are really light, it just sort of pushes them off into the corner and does away with it. Um, the bath mat, it's got a rubber backing on it. So the robot can actually get up onto it without pushing it away. And so it will clean and vacuum that. And then we've actually got a larger shag rug in the living room. And I was a bit concerned about how it was going to clean with that because, you know, shag is, is tough to clean on the best yeah, of days, let right. alone when you're a small autonomous robot. And it actually does a pretty good job. I mean, we will still give it a good vacuum with a, you know, with the big vacuum 
every now and then. But for, you know, just crumbs and little bits and leaves and things that, you know, happen to float around in there, it does a great job. Would you call it a replacement for, I mean, could you in theory let this be, I mean, you're spending a thousand dollars. Can it yeah. completely replace your vacuum or are there still times you're going to have to pull some things out to, uh, to get the special needs or whatever out of the carpet? It's not a replacement vacuum. We, we have a Dyson that we've had for many years and we still need to, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things you can't do with a robot vacuum. You can't do stairs you can't uh, vacuum curtains. You can't vacuum the sofa or a chair, you know, if, if somebody gets crumbs on it. So for me, what it is, is convenience. It's the convenience of not having to, you know, every other day swiffer up all that dog hair or, or whatever's kicking around the house. It's just, it keeps the house tidier in general. But when it comes to having to do deep cleaning, you still need something else to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, it's a thousand dollars of convenience, right? And, you know, for the, for in the right marketplace, right? And especially with pets, this could be a situation with allergies. And do you feel like it's with the dog hair or the cat hair or what have you, do you feel like it's picking up enough of that stuff as it's going over it? It's getting at all that. And is it easy to clean out and those kinds of things? Because I imagine this is where people would be really convenient is where we think about allergies. Absolutely. Um, there's a video on my YouTube channel, which if you just go to YouTube and search Aaron Lawrence TV, um, I empty out the bin and sort of show you what comes out of there. And especially with the newer 980 model, it's got a lot more suction. So it is picking up a lot more of everything. Um, you pull sort of the bin out of the back of the robot, take it to the garbage, and there's a little trap door in the back of the bin that you basically just open up, dump it into the garbage, close it back up, and put it back in the robot, and you never have to touch anything, really. Yeah. It's very convenient. Does it, does it tell you when it needs to be, like, does it, you get an alert on your phone or anything? It's like, hey, clean me out? Yes, yes. <laughs> and the old, actually, both of them have little... Uh, little lights on the robot itself that'll, it, you know, it tells you that the bin is full. But with the 980, because it has that cloud connectivity, if you're checking the app, yes, it will tell you that it, it wants to be emptied. Does it build any kind of internal map? I ask you this with the robot lawnmower, like, you know, you would think after enough passes, it would build a pretty good map of what it's after and where obstacles are. Any kind of functionality of that with the, with the cloud service? It's hard to tell because I can see it sort of going in more of a linear pattern than previous models, but it, it doesn't really show you on the app. Do you know what I mean? It would be great if you could see exactly where it's cleaned. It's not, it doesn't do that. So is it learning or how much is it learning or is it just seeing things sort of that are in front of it and going, oh, okay, I'm not going to fall down that stairs. I, I think I don't know the answer to that, but my sense of it is that I think it's just reacting to situations that it finds itself in. So I'm not going to go down the stairs as opposed to, ah, I remember, I recall the stairs are just around this corner. I'll back off. Yes. <laughs> or go by it, go straight by it as opposed to, I think that's, you know, when we think both of a, a Roomba and the, and the mower, I think that's the next generation of thought is these devices being able to collect data about the environment build a smart map for itself and then have some, you know, we got all these whiz kids that'll figure out the right algorithms to give them an efficient, I mean, I think of that robot or the robot um, mower. And I think that's still a very random, right? It, it's out there yes. just cutting random yeah. and you get your lawn done kind of by chance. 
<laughs> yes, you know, you just go, by virtue of the fact that yeah. it does enough passes that it eventually catches everything. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think it shouldn't be that way. Like we we have all the processing power, we have all the data. It's if it's connected to the cloud, it could be sending little bits of data up to help build that map and to kind of know, you know, hey, this is where I've been. And then I could then you could really get nice lines, right? That's really all I want. We <laughs> <laughs> do. That's all I go for. You could cut go cubs or something into your That's into right. your lawn, wow, right? Nicely done. Nicely done. I the whole world must have been rooting for the cubs. That's what I'm kind of thinking. Were you well were you hoping we the were rooting for Cleveland? Oh, sorry. But there's a there's a family history with Cleveland, so. Okay. But you know what? It, either either way that would have gone, both of those teams really deserved. Yeah, I know, but the Cubs really well. needed it. <laughs> they, yes. were, they, they had uh, a dry spell longer, I think, didn't they? They did. Yeah, 100, oh, yeah. 100 years or something, right? 108 yeah. years. 1908 was right. the last time. Oh, yeah, it's a long time. Mike, a uh, robot, lo- uh, robot uh, vacuum in your house today. Got a new child. Uh, life is not as easy as it used to be. Worth a thousand bucks for you to have something clean in the floors? I think so, especially with our dog. If we didn't have a dog, but the only thing I'm worried about is the capacity like to hold all the stuff that comes up. Like We have the one where I have to empty it out right now. And one pass through our living room, dining room, everything, I mean, it's a bin this big and it's full of dog hair. It is just packed to the brim. So... I don't know. I don't know how much it would go until I'd be like, okay, I'd get the alert on my phone and have to go empty it. But other than that, yes, I think it would definitely be worth a thousand dollars. Wow. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So we should ship Aaron ship yours to Mike or if anybody's listening. I'll pack listening. it in the coffin when I'm done. And anybody's send it listening right off to, to this, there's a note that says, uh, "Hey, Roomba, Mike could use one of these." <laughs> He'll feature it in the vlog. Him and his wife will talk about it all all the time. Well, there you go. Tell all their <laughs> friends. Yep. Gotta, gotta add that to your vlog, uh, Aaron. Anything else on that? When you when we think about the form features functions of the of the uh, the the cleaner. Uh, those were the highlights, the improved navigation, the cloud connectivity, and the improved motor and the carpet functions on the new one. So if anybody has previous experience with Roombas, um, it's kind of, it's it's like a Roomba, only better. Okay, improved. It's cool that, one, they're still making them because mm-hmm. that's a pretty boutique item. Like when we think about, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's back to that idea of like, I mean, who's really not a lot of people have a thousand dollars to just drop on a vacuum cleaner. So it's well, this, interesting. This is where Roomba's got it right though, is they've actually got several different models at different price points. So if you kind of want to try that experience out, I think, and I probably shouldn't guess at the prices, but I think there's something closer to five or six hundred bucks. I think it was like I know my sister and her husband. Yeah, I, I know my just, sister and her husband picked up one for about that price, and you know, it it's I've looked at it, I've compared it. It's got a lot of the same features as the previous 880 model. So Roomba is doing something really smart. They're really trying to make different models accessible to different you know, groups of people at different phases of their life and different financial situations. Their, um, their robot uh, mopping vacuum as well, I think it's only like 139 or 169 bucks. And I've had hands-on with that one as well and was really surprised at how well that one cleans too. Hmm. Well, there you go. So the price points are down. The options are there. Um, I've been wanting to, I've been wanting, you know, wanting to try these uh, it would be great for our house. We're, you know, we're getting ready, uh, ready to get rid of our last kid. So we've been, we're getting thinking about college. It's just going to be the two of us and the cat. 
And like, how cool would that be if I leave the house uh, and there's a robot mower and a robot vacuum cleaner that is just doing their jobs when we leave? It's All your bit, dreams have come true. A little bit like the Jetsons. A <laughs> little bit like the Jetsons. <laughs> hey, let's transition a little bit. Um, I wanted to talk about, you had this interesting thing, and, and this may not necessarily be a tech gadget, so to speak, that would come here, but these flow smart thermometers that I found kind of interesting. We've got some folks uh, working in the healthcare industry and some of those, but you took a look and let me pop those up on the screen because I think this is one of those things. We'll try to describe them for our audio uh, only listeners um, as well. Let me focus in on that. So Aaron, how, first of all, how'd you come across this? Was this them reaching out to you or how'd you come across an item like this? Yes. Yeah. A uh, public relations company reached out to me, uh, somebody that I, I've done work with before. Um, it's a new product for them and they really wanted to get it out to some people's or into some people's hands for testing. Um, so they sent me um, one of them and it's really straightforward. It's easy to use. It's small and compact and it works without touching. So, I mean, when you think about a thermometer, about the places you're going to potentially put it and the germs that are in those places, you, you don't want to have to clean that and yeah, use it over and use over. it again. Right. Like that's nasty. Yeah. So this funny, one works. We, we don't really think about that very much though. I think the modern thermometer for the most part up until maybe the nineties, when we started getting the, maybe the ear ones or the ones you would lay on your forehead or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if that design has necessarily changed. Uh, at all. Uh, and then all of a sudden, no, I shouldn't say all of a sudden, but, but, but FlowSmart comes on. Talk a little bit about how it works because I think it's interesting, right? No touch thermometer, right? You basically point it. So there's kind of a round end at the bottom. It's, it's almost, it almost parallels the shape of an old fashioned thermometer. So rounder bottom end, and then it narrows to a sort of tapered end at the top. And what you basically do is you just point it at your skin. So point it at your forehead if you're taking, you know, your temperature. And push and hold the button. And it works with a companion app. So we've got the app loaded up. It kind of works in two ways. You can get the temperature on the device itself. It gives you a colored light. If your body temperature is acceptable, it's at a normal temperature. It gives you a green light. If it's not, you get, uh, I think it's a red or an orange light. Um, similarly, you can use the app that it comes with if you want a more precise temperature reading. And you can store all that data, you can share that data, you can send it to your doctor if you need to or to somebody else. And it's just, it's really easy to use and it, it makes sense when you think about, you know, all the germs that are on thermometers. Ugh. Yeah, just point and click. We, we've had, and I'm sure it's using uh, some of the similar technology that has gone into, we did this, you can buy these guns and you just point them right at right. various surfaces and they'll, they'll tell you how, you know, how warm things are. I'm sure it's similar, right? Got to be. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you can actually use um, this particular thermometer, the flow to take the temperature of, you know, like a, a baby bottle for you, Mike. Oh. So if you just point it at the bottle, grab your temperature reading, it'll tell you sort of if it's too hot, too cold, or, or what the exact temperature is. See, that's interesting. If you could have a multiple use thermometer, that'd be nice. Because we have the temporal one that we just stick on the forehead and it tells you. But one that I could use for other things, you know, could it, if you could use it for grilling, they'd have me. If I could be my grill thermometer, I'd probably be set. But I should ask about that. I wonder. Are yeah. there temperature ranges on there, Aaron, as far as tolerances that they'll it will only take 
certain temperature readings between these temperatures? Uh, I don't know. I actually don't know that, Jim. Uh, interesting. Well, we'll throw the link to the website out there. Fifty dollars, uh, forty nine ninety nine here in the United States for those, uh, and uh, we'll we'll throw the link to the company website as well if you, if you want to take a look at those. I I love the idea. You know, you're right. Just get the germs off a little bit, and and you know, again, it's not too much different. Um, I'd actually like to see is there, if there's a distance, you know, can you shoot that across the room and hit your, you know, hit, hit the family member so you don't have to be too close to them, you know, kind of like, Ooh, you're not looking so good. They are infectious, right? Yeah. You're not looking so good. Well, it is flu season and uh, we are all mm. going to be, um, unless you got your flu shot and you already have the flu then at that point, but um, it's coming up, that time is coming up. And uh, I found this kind of interesting. This, these are, for me, these are the cool little gadgets that show up that you don't get a lot of press or a lot of talk or whatever, but it's a great one of these things to keep, uh, you know, keep keep one or two of them around the house and uh, just take a quick temperature and and be done. So, did you find you did did you find yourself taking your temperature a lot when you were a different? Yeah, you know, for for a couple of days when I was testing it out, it's like, right. oh, am I warm now? What about here? What about here? What about you? How Do I have you? a fever? <laughs> Kind of makes you a little paranoid. Mike, this would probably be something good for you guys. I, I'm down. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, actually. Yeah, I think you guys uh, might really enjoy this. Um, last thing, Aaron, on your on your site, you kind of sat down. You talked a little bit about cabling and cables and accessories, and you worked through that. I noticed uh, the picture. I got to show this. Let me let me show this picture. This is kind of kind of fun. I never actually thought about about doing this, but you've got. Um, Got a cable and and uh, you know nice little knot in there, which is interesting. I um, I have moved to a uh, a braided cable as well for some of the stuff mm -hmm. that I'm doing, and find them very durable, which is kind of interesting. They don't slide across things very easily. Sometimes they get caught up in stuff, but I have found them very very dur durable. What was as, as you moved into this, looking at charging cables and accessories for your phone? Why and what were you trying to what were you trying to work out in this in this blog post? My primary problem was that all the cables that come with your devices, particularly with the Apple devices, which I'm used to, are uselessly short. If your phone dies and you've still got to use it for something, you are basically nose first into the wall, standing there while your phone charges, trying to do your work. And it's it drives me nuts. So I started looking around for longer cables. And I found a couple of companies, Native Union um, being one of them, that makes not only longer cables that are a useful length, so you can plug it in, you know, across the room and still be sitting on the couch doing your work if you have to, um, but they're attractive. They're pretty. Like, they're braided, like you said. They come in different colors. They look good. And they feel good as well, because I think charging cables in particular have been so utilitarian for so long people just don't give them a second thought. But when you think about it, they're accessories that you can personalize. They're making them with little leather ties and things and a lot more interesting color schemes. And it's just nice to have some of those little things be a little more attractive. Yeah. Yeah, what did you find? So uh, in, in this post, you talked a little bit about, I, I love the braided cables. That's something we've been using. Um, I've been using Tech Armor cables, and I uh, really like those here. It's a, a brand pretty easy to get on Amazon. Um, did you find, you know, one of the one of the interesting areas in cabling is these base stations or these charging stations mm -hmm. and the, the variety of those. Um, at night, I'll be honest, I bought two cables. I put one in my bedroom. I put one in my backpack. And they're long. 
They're you're right. They're long. I like mine to be you know three or or more feet long. But in the area of of charging stations or whatever, have you found anything? It seems like there's a million different brands and a million different designs, but nobody seems to be getting it right. Did you find anything different that's working? I've got two right now that um, that are on the website. Uh, one of them is by Native Union, and the other is by a company called Grove Made. Grove Made uses a lot of natural wood in their tech accessories, which is kind of a nice touch when you're dealing with a lot of you know metal and plastic. Um, their dock has a really super heavy metal base, and then it's got kind of a wooden cover over it, which just makes it look a little more attractive. I love that. Um, the other one that I'm testing out by Native Union is just, again, sort of a heavier metal base that's got a bit of a rubberized coating on it and a really nice, sleek, brushed aluminum, I think it is, back that just lets you sit the phone in it. It looks attractive. It's pretty. It does the job. And it just keeps your phone sort of upright where you can see it, where you're not having to fumble for it on, you know, on a table or on a surface. Yeah, we'll show one of those. So that's, uh, which one is that? That's the Native Union one. And you can change the cords that go in it. You can get it for Apple or Android. Um, it's just a matter of swapping your preferred cable in or out of it. And it runs securely underneath it in a little channel so it sits flat. And super handy. Works great. Yeah. Mike, what do you do? How do you, how do you charge your phone? What? You just cable, throw it on the counter and you're done? Or how does that work for you? Yeah, we have one of those Anchor 5 ports. And then I have the braided cables as well. I got a pack that came with, you know, five different lengths, which work out pretty well for traveling. Just grab the length you want. So we have the very longest ones uh, in our bedroom that kind of just go there. And with my phone, I don't charge too often to a wall besides at night. Otherwise, I use the uh, the big battery pack. This thing will charge my phone mm -hmm. 10 times. So for travel, I just take this with me and I'm all set. Which brand is that? This is Anchor. I love Anchor products. I've gone pretty much all Anchor now with all power, cords, everything. And they're really, really high quality products, which I really like. And this is, I think, one of their biggest options for battery. Does that have the cord built into it? So you, you just, you open it up, pull it, it out. It does and not. It's, okay. got the, it's got two USB. USB ports and the charging port up top. So... I am, um, Aaron, the only, the only difference I'd say on this with cabling is I, in my car, I, I have a um, dash mount, um, one of those magnets, here it is, we use one of these whiz gear, you know, I use one yeah. of these whiz, whiz gear that go in, by the way, it's best $7 I ever spent, these things are, I've oh, got, yeah? four, I have four of these, yeah, they're just awesome, plug it in, snap the phone on, you know, we've got on the iPhone, it's got the, it's got the, the metal piece right, right there, sitting there, um, but I want a short cable when I'm when I'm driving. I want to plug it in, and I listen most of the time. You know, long trips or whatever. Even Omaha to Lincoln's an hour, and I can get a podcast in in that time. So I'll charge the phone in to plug it, or to I'll plug the phone in to charge it. And when I do that, um, I want a really short cable. And so I found those sometimes hard to get. Uh, it, they're, the, you know, the ones I want them maybe six inches because I don't want any. I want to take it right from the. You, know, you don't want to cluttering up the dash or the stick shift or just, the yeah. radio controls. Yeah. And, and again, that was, I found, I think, a Tech Armor braided, which works works out really, really well. That was really, really short, four, five, six inches, something like that, not very long. Mm. And so for those special, it's not like you can make your own cables, right? So for those special, I loved being able to buy a six foot or whatever. I don't think it's six. I think it's three. Um, but, for, you know, fish, I got a fish. It was that big. <laughs> um, 
And uh, but for the car, it was nice to be able to get the the shorter ones as well. The one in the car I, needs to really be good quality because one, it's going to be heat and cold. Mm-hmm. Two, I'm going to be plugging it in and unplugging it probably three or three or four times a day. And so you know that just takes a lot. I bro- I broke the you know the one that came with it. That one was gone within three months, probably three four months. It was. It was done. So that that is an area I find with cabling, and you probably do too. It's probably worth the price to pay a little bit extra to get a really good cable. It it absolutely is. I've bought you know the two or three dollar cables from China. I've tried you know cheap cables from the cell phone store, and anymore, if I need a cable, I'm just going to spend the money and get a good quality one because they work, they last, and you're not replacing them. I mean, you're paying you know thirty bucks compared to three bucks, but you know, you're only going to pay that 30 bucks once as opposed to uh, the last round of cheap cables that I bought. You know, I bought a handful of them for three bucks a piece and they're all in the garbage now. Yeah. Yeah. They, they all stop working. So, well, uh, Aaron, great stuff. I'll remind folks that uh, if they want to head out there and, and this is probably a site you should come back and look at regularly, techgadgetscanada.com. And then we just highlighted four you talked about a really cool, as uh, like a blow dryer, right? That's there's no moving parts. It's like take it, taking that. And I know what do they call that? That concept where they, it's you know, what is that called? Yeah, that was the Dyson supersonic hair dryer. So they shrunk the motor down, added the Dyson air multiplier, which is a whole different level of technology, and completely changed you know, what the blow dryer looks like and how it works. So that was really cool. There's yeah. uh, there's video and a full article up on the website about that. That's if cool. you want to check it out. Go ahead and take a peek at that as well. Um, Aaron, I'm kind of starting to think about, you know, with these new Bose headphones that have come out, the new Quiet Comfort. they're like 350 bucks. They're super expensive. It's It has re-energized my desire to have a really good set of headphones. We, Mike and I talked about this, I think, on the show. Was it last week or three weeks ago? I think Something three like weeks that. ago, yeah having trouble pulling the t- trigger on 350 i'm sure head uh, noise canceling headsets are in your right in your target zone right have you i've seen some plantronics which i didn't know about that existed those are like in the 130 to 170 category then there's a whole bunch of chinese knockoffs that mm-hmm. you can get for like 70 bucks have you have you worked with any i didn't prep you for this question at all i'm just asking you cold have you messed with any Anything from noise canceling that you really liked in the last six months or so? Uh, I have. I'm trying to think. I did a set of Monster headphones that were really good. Uh, I tried a set of Sony's. And the the headset I'm wearing tonight is another Sony set. It's a wireless. It's actually a sports headphone yeah. set. Not that you guys... Not that now, were those over the ear? Because I'm really interested in getting the over the ear. You know, the, the I'm, I'm comparing everything to the Bose Quiet Comfort. Are those 85s, Mike? What are the, the new 30, ones? 35s? Something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I should I have the know. 15s. They're expensive. They're really right expensive. There. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're, there, are, there are some really great headphones out there right now. I think I've probably tried six or eight different sets of headphones in the last year or so. Some of the over-ears, some of the in-ears, some sports. And it's, I'm, I've been really impressed with the quality of what's out there. And particularly as more of those, the wireless earbuds are starting to come online, thanks to the Apple AirPods. Um, I tried the Samsung Icon X version. I've got another uh, version that just came in that I'm trying out, um, also fully wireless. So, I mean, 
you guys want to talk headphones in the future, we can, we can run down a whole list. That would be fun. We'll have to maybe have you back in. I think, you know, for one of these, when we think about a price point standpoint, um, in most cases, I think to get really good quality, I'm going to spend at a minimum, let's just say it's going to probably be 200 bucks. I don't think anything below that. Uh, Plantronics, a uh, version uh, one of the guests had um, had talked about couple weeks ago they had a and then they immediately came out with a new version as soon as we talked about it like the next week they had a new version out and it took it from like 139 which i'm I think was a little low because they were trying to get rid of that inventory almost 200 at that point so yeah. let's just say it's between 200 and 350 and mike let me ask you you know you start thinking about this and you're thinking okay really good quality the difference is 150 bucks in the big scheme of things it's not that much right you just go 350, right? Is that what you do when you're when you're thinking about this? You know, I've always said the only way I do it is if you travel in planes a lot. They save my life because I'm in a plane, you know, two, two, four times a week. And so it's the only way I can sleep on a plane anymore. But that's the only time I use my Bose headphones is when I'm on a plane. Otherwise, they're just too big and bulky for me every day. The new ones I'm interested in are these Jaybirds. Uh, they're Jaybird brand. They're earbuds. They're not over the ears, so it doesn't fit your qualifications, Jim. But as far as over the ear, I don't know. I don't know if you do make the jump. I think that extra 150 does make a difference uh, for some people. just depends on what you use them for. Yeah. Well, and, and I, it gets cheaper. You know, the newer ones are all Bluetooth, right? I mean, again, Aaron, you just mentioned this. Uh, Apple's going to do exactly what, I mean, what's going to happen is exactly what they want to happen is everything's going to go, we're going to be forced from the most part to go Bluetooth, which by the way, I love. I'm glad. Like the days of wires should be no more, right? Yeah, we true. need to fix our Bluetooth standard. It needs to work. <laughs> and without latency and without problems, I mean, nobody, Bluetooth is terrible from a, what it used to be. I think it'll get better now that Apple's kind of forcing the issue. It'll be interesting to see if Android follows suit and and starts removing, you know, does the same kind of thing. I don't think they will until some really good devices comes out. I think they're going to sit on the sidelines and go, hey, let's let everybody kill themselves on Apple products, right, to get right. that done. And when they get it right, we'll, we'll do it as well. But Go ahead, Mike. Well, the other thing I was going to put on your radar, Jim, is checking out open-backed headphones. They're kind of making a resurgence. They were popular a while ago, so they're cans. They're big over ear, but they're not closed in, so not they're not noise-canceling. So it lets in kind of the ambiance from wherever you're at because my biggest complaint about wearing noise-canceling headphones outside of the plane is that if you're using them in your office or in your home, first of all, you can't hear anything. So if someone's trying to get your attention, you have to see them like snapping in your face because you really can't hear. And second of all, you don't notice how loud you're doing things like breathing or chewing your food. And all of a sudden you'll take them off. And because like we, in my area, my office, and you'll take them off like, oh my gosh, I was probably making the most annoying noises or I was tapping my feet. Um, so these open back, you get a really good sound. I mean, when you talk about sound quality, Jim, these open backs, they have ones that are fantastic sound that sometimes blow bows out of the water, but you're not limited by the noise cancellation. You're actually still in the room that you're, you know, you feel like you're in the room. You hear some of the outside noises, which are nice. So kind of a little bit different. Uh, so just like I said, it, I think it all depends on where you're using these headphones at. Yeah, 99% of the time I'd be on a plane. Aaron, do you travel much? Do you, do you, do you get the opportunity to travel around? Do you, do you use noise canceling stuff when you're, on, you're traveling? I, I do, and I like to. And actually, to Mike's point, there's a couple of new headphones, and now I'm trying frantically to think of the brands. Um, but they have the digital noise canceling. So you can actually set your level of 
it's got a mic on the outside of the cans so you can set the level to hear as much or as little of what's going on oh, around you as nice. you want to okay and i've tried one uh, pair of those that actually this worked fantastically you can totally crank it up so you know if you're walking down the street and it's late at night and you just want to be aware of your surroundings you know traffic whatever right. you can turn it up if you're at home you just want to listen to the tv you don't want to hear the kids screaming you don't want to hear whatever else is going on in the next room you just turn it totally off and it actually works pretty good it's pretty impressive technology that sounds like a perfect balance i need to look those up and find out what brand they are well sony has their premium now that they just came out with uh pretty recently here uh they they're 400 bucks but they have that <laughs> ambient sound um option where you can say let let that in or the higher like on an airplane of course the pilot comes on and that noise is at a way higher frequency and so sometimes it'll let that in but leave the hum of the of the the you know the aircraft out and what they're starting to do too is turn your music down when those announcements come on mm -hmm. so when it senses there's that outside noise that you would need to hear you know like the pilot saying like i miss this announcement we were flying down to to gainesville and I, I was looking out the window and I'm like, man, I think I've seen that area like six times now. And we were circling. I didn't know because I hadn't <laughs> been, I had had my earbuds in and I had them cranked up, you know, and I couldn't hear anything. And so I had no idea. Likewise, I was flying back from Denver one time and we're coming into Omaha and then I feel the plane turn to the right. And it's like, uh, guys, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I could see the city of Omaha and we, a big thunderstorm was rolling through. And they were diverting us to Kansas City. Well, they had announced that. And I pulled my earbuds out and I looked at the guy next to me and he goes, you missed the announcement. We're going to Kansas City. You know, and that's one of those <laughs> things like because I had the, you know, I had it too loud in my ears. I didn't hear it. So I love that idea of being able to bring some ambient sound in or the critical stuff in. Well, I didn't realize. I thought Bose had the top of the line expensive, you know, at 350 these new Sony premium noise canceling Bluetooth. Uh, it's their 1000 MDR 1000 XB model, 398. Yikes! Yeah, I think Bose is 349. Hey, there's no Roomba, and it's no, <laughs> it's no, it's no Husqvarna. <laughs> it's no MacBook. That's right. No right. Mac, no MacBook, and no uh, Surface uh, Studio. But, but it is, um, Aaron. I think it, maybe we'll have you back on. I, I'm going to make this, I'll, I do a bunch of traveling in the spring. And so I've been holding off Christmas. And it, to be honest with you, it's tough for me to, to let $350 go on a pair, on a right. pair of headphones. You know, you're kind of like. Well, and you don't want to do that on something you haven't been able to test too, right? Know, because that's yeah. the thing about headphones is they're so personal and everybody has different nuances that they like. You got to get them right, especially when you're spending that much money. Well, the. The bows are in the Microsoft store, and when I went to Indianapolis for our meetup, uh, I, I happened to put a pair on and, and synced it up to the phone and started playing some music. And of course, you have to listen to the Star Wars soundtrack when you do something like that. That's pretty spectacular. And literally, you put those on your head, and I think they start massaging you. you know, <laughs> oh, that's so good. It's like butter. It's like she bacon massages and butter. the wallet out of your back pocket you know, <laughs> into your hand. All of a sudden, your credit card's out. You have no idea how it got there. Oh, yes. And I just thought, oh, these are so good. So now I can't stop thinking about them, you know? So anyways. Christmas is coming. It is coming. Aaron, anything, speaking of coming, anything coming up, what have you got you in pre-show? You showed us you got a few boxes. What kind of things will you be working on in the future that you can talk about? 
Uh, let's see. I've got the whole suite of Roku streaming TV devices that I'm doing a review for. Nice. I have a bunch of new uh, lighting, smart home lighting gear from Philips, um, including a motion sensor, which I've been testing out for I'm all their smart lights. Because we're Philips here. That's, that's mm. kind of what I kind of landed on. So I'll be interested in seeing some of that stuff. Yep. I've got, what else have I got? Oh, the, uh, check this out. This is going to be huge, I think, this year. A uh, company called Nanoleaf is making a lighting product called the Aurora. And they are flat LED panels that you can just stick to the wall with, you know, those command adhesives, the removable adhesives. Configure the triangles into all kinds of different shapes. Controlled with your smartphone. I mean, you can literally put these lights anywhere. And they've got a really long cord on them, so, you know, they'll reach places. And it's kind of meant to be this art-slash-lighting-slash-decorative thing. And I just installed them yesterday, and I'm already in love. They are going to be pretty cool. Nice. Do they multicolored or just white? Yep. No, you can you can make them all the same color. You can There's preset uh, different effects for them. So there's like a fireplace effect where each triangle, you know, there's red and orange and yellow and soft white and it just flickers like a fire oh, and there's cool. another one called forest where they just sort of morph through these little greens and soft yellows and man it's beautiful that'd be oh, awesome yeah. beautiful yeah those the philip hughes the lights the colored ones you know you can set certain scenes and there's like a dance scene that you can set and it'll, it'll flash them all different colors and do all kinds of different things in a room the way you want to i think the prices are coming down. Would you know what those retail for? On a, is it a triangle? Or do they sell them just one one or in sets? The starter kit, which is actually called a smarter kit, is nine panels. I'm not sure what it is. I haven't had a chance to look it up yet. And then they do expansion kits beyond that of three panels at a time. Well, lighting's interesting. We're getting ready to move in a year or so from here, and I so I don't want to put anything too permanent in because right. it's like mm, you know you have to rip it out. You know you don't want to sell the house with a bunch of home automation in it, like yeah. you know because the next person's like, what the? <laughs> you know? Well, fortunately, with light bulbs, you can just undo them, put right. in the incandescents, take your hub with you, and yeah. you're good get to go some, in the new. Get place. some super cheap ones and just say that's the way it is. So cool. Well, we'll encourage again. I'll encourage folks to follow Aaron's blog, and uh, we've said it a bunch of times. I'll leave the link to it in the show notes if you want to take a peek out uh, at that. You should follow it. I imagine RSS feed and whatever. However, you follow it is something you should follow on a regular basis. Aaron, thanks again for jumping back in here. And be, you're such a great guest. Thanks for doing it. Oh, thanks so much, you guys. And Mike, it was nice meeting you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great meeting you. Hang around for just one sec. Let me close up the show. And if you want to stay around for a little bit of post-show, we can uh, we can do that as well. But let me remind everyone, take full advantage of our Patreon link that's out there. Many of you have, and we appreciate that, of course. You know that Amazon, if you've been listening to the show, uh, Aaron, Amazon kind of screwed me by, I shouldn't say it that way, but they 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 canceled my affiliate link because of the way we advertised for them. And so I did a whole show, not a whole show, but a good chunk of one as I got a little bitter about them saying, nope, your affiliate, you violated our, your our affiliate relationship. And so my Amazon affiliate link's gone at this point. Which, what? yeah, you know, for a podcaster is a super important thing. So we've been encouraged. Patreon's a great company, a great way of supporting the podcast. Not as easy as Amazon, but we have one and $5 plans out there. If you want to support us on a, for a single month or a reoccurring months, super easy to do that. Many of you have. So I appreciate you doing that. Head out to the slash support 
or just go to the page and look for the Patreon logo all the way on the right-hand side of the menu there in the toolbar, and you'll be able to get that. Don't forget, you can send me an email if you want to give us show feedback. This would be a great one to get some feedback on. Send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv, or on Twitter. Aaron, how do we find you on Twitter? I am at Aaron L-Y-Y-C on Twitter and on Instagram, and I'd love to hear from the listeners. Yeah, and, and a great one to follow because you tweet about the stuff that you're looking at and, and very interesting. So follow Always Aaron. on social media first. You bet, you bet. Of course, the AverageGuy.tv platform, both web and media hosting, powered by Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. You know that's Christian. He's super busy in school, but uh, does a great job uh, hosting. For more information, visit maplegrovepartners.com. Don't forget that plans, uh, easy podcasting plan. Start at 10 bucks a month. So super inexpensive, covers both web hosting and legitimate uh, media hosting uh, as well. So maplegrovepartners.com. Thanks, Roger, out at WLMN Radio in Grafton, West Virginia. And Mike, even though we moved that Grafton thing up to the beginning of the show, got nothing. But no. I'm sure they're listening in Grafton. So oh, Grafton yeah. folks, we appreciate you listening. <laughs> Out there, you can also listen to Home Gadget Geeks on the Android and iPhone app available. We'll thank uh, LastPass for their sponsorship of that app, that app for us. It's free. You can download it from any of the two stores. Just head out to HomeGadgetGeeks.com and download it from there. We're excited about LastPass. They have some pretty cool announcements coming up, and they just, I think, made an announcement today. I need to go out and take a peek at it. But lots of good stuff going on at LastPass. So we were super glad that LogMeIn has not ruined them like they've ruined some other companies. And so we're excited about what's going on at LastPass and thank them for their sponsorship. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for the newsletter, do that. I'll get back on track, get that out to you on a regular basis. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv slash live. I mentioned that we have LastPass coming back. But next week, Randy Cantrell's coming on. This can be fun. We're going to talk about hi-fi audio stuff. So if you're interested in super awesome, interesting uh, audio, Randy will be in. And he's just great to talk to. So, And then after that, Rich, Rich Hay's coming in right before Thanksgiving. Rich Hay will be here to give us an update on all things Microsoft. Of course, he's a Microsoft MVP and was just out at the MVP Summit. So we'll have a ton of Microsoft chat with Rich Hay in a couple of weeks. We're back next week, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, after at TheAverageGuy.tv Live. And with that, we'll say goodbye, everybody.